Thank you for tuning in to the Let's Unpack That podcast. I am your host, Lyle Barons. Happy New Year, Black folk. Please be making your black eyed peas and your collard greens. We, we, we need that wealth. We need that health. Everybody else, do your thing. Shout out the Haitians. Man, glad to have you guys here. Let's get straight into it. Today, we will be unpacking moving in with your significant other, with your girlfriend. We're going to cover a lot of things this episode in regards to moving in. I know this pandemic has brought people closer that would not have been closer. It's uh, made some couples grow apart, break up, bad things happen, some good things happen, and some things happen. And we're going to get into all of that. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Leave a nice review on Apple Podcasts and enjoy. Happy New Year. How will I know it's right for me to move in with a girl? What's a sign? If you're asking me that, I'm going to say you guys both need to know what you guys look like when you're ugly. You guys need to know how you fight. You guys need to know what you guys look like on a bad day. And you got to be comfortable with how you guys fight. Like on a, And I hate 1 through 10 scales. It's so stupid. On a 1 through 5 level... You got to be comfortable with each other, with how you guys argue on a one through three level. And you need to see that four. And you might not see that five because some people, you know, it takes a lot for their five to come out. And some people's level five of being angry or arguing or being pissed off, it doesn't come out in the form of yelling, screaming, anything verbal or even anything physical, God forbid. It comes out in other more passive aggressive, you know, conniving you know, piece of shit ways. But you got to know what somebody looks like on their worst, on their worst day. You got to see that person the ugly, unattractive light. Because, like, it's easy when you're dating to... It's easy to love a motherfucker on a Friday or a Saturday. That shit is easy. It's hard to love somebody on a Monday or a Wednesday. You got to, like, be around somebody on a Monday or a Wednesday you know, and, and really, really catch that vibe. It's like when you're dating, right? You know, it's like you, you have your Friday dates, your Saturday dates. You know, Tuesdays can be like a little chill sometimes, but it's like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then maybe Sunday for like brunch. But then like once you like, you know, you, you get a rhythm and then you start like fucking on uh, weekdays and then you, you have that one Wednesday date. You have that one, you know, Tuesday, maybe Monday get together. And it'll and that's normally like at least in my experience, when I've just been like, oh, you kind of shitty. Oh, I haven't seen the side of you. That's normally when I see that other side. When I'm like before we're in a relationship and we're just dating, is those those weekend dates will really kind of like will really kind of tell you, all right, okay, so this is kind of what you look like on a bad day. This is kind of what you look like. When you woke up on the wrong side of the bed. I think I think that's important to see. What you look like on a bad day. You know, the other thing where I feel like it's, it's really. Uh, it's really easy to know. If you're ready is. Is like, I think real compatible love and not real love, but ideal compatible love is when you both are in a terrible place and you can manage each other. They're not even like, oh, said this and made everything right. Oh, she cooked this up and made everything right. Or, oh, I did this for her and it was all good. But she's got her own personal shit with her family, work, her friends. You got your own personal shit, wherever your bullshit is at. And it's like, I'm not saying like it turns into like the, the scene in Monsters Ball. <laughs> just like, just make me feel good. Just make me feel good. And you just have some like some ugly soul sex. <laughs> I am disgusting. I'm filthy. Let's fuck. You're ugly. I'm ugly. I'm not saying it like that, but where it's like y'all just going through it. Like that's that's how you know. Especially like if you're a guy like me, I I like being around some bad fly bitches with money to take care of themselves and are happy. Like I, when I'm around some bad bitches, I'm happy. I'm happy. 
You know, and not even like in the normal guy, like, well, well, come on, Lyle, we all like bad bitches. No, like I am, I like being around that energy, right? When I'm really going through some shit, I don't, I don't want to see any bad bitches. I don't want to see you guys. You know, don't, if you a bad bitch and I'm like, and I'm on some bullshit, don't fucking look at me. I want to be with my girl that knows me. I'm like, oh, this is going on. This is going on. And she can tell me what niggas I shouldn't be fucking with. And she's like, well, you got to watch out for that nigga. Like, that's what I need to be around when I'm really going through shit. So when you get to that place, because every guy, when like the, the idea of moving in with this girl comes up, starts to kind of go to that place of like, all right, let, let, let me have one more run at this. Let me like go hit the bars. Let me go. Let me maybe hit a club. Let me get on an app, whatever your thing is. And let me just see like how hot I am in the streets before uh, before I do. It's kind of like a basketball player, just like a, a, a veteran. And just kind of like, <laughs> oh, this is okay. Veteran minimum with a championship team. And I can finally get that ring. Or do I take my chance and maybe see if I can make uh, twelve million for one year? But then after that, I I, I, I probably won't make twelve million again. I don't know. It, it, it's kind of like you're testing the free agency waters. <laughs> so like every guy has that, but then when you kind of don't have that need, you know, I, I don't want to get into like because I could go on about like, well, have you fucked enough bad bitches? I don't I don't want to go down that road because I want to stay on topic because we're unpacking, but. Once you don't feel that, that's that's a that's a good sign to know. Like, all right, I'm like on my bad day. I want to be with somebody that that really knows me and gets me. Especially if you are that type of guy. The other thing is if you can survive the day trip, the longer than the day trip, and a motherfucking vacation. That's that's like my th th those are kind of like my, like I don't do any like weird mind games with girls like if she does this and she does it, like that's all sucker nigga shit that's all like niggas that like learned about how to fuck girls through like internet big daddies and you know just bullshit like, I listen to Tariq oh I read uh, the fucking um what the nigga that wrote uh uh with uh forty laws of power. The art of seduction, like like niggas that learn shit, and like that that should do work for some niggas, but they, nigga they corny and the bitches they fuck corny. Even if they hot, they still corny. It's like you getting you getting like I was talking about having ugly soul pussy, ugly soul fucking. They having like corny fucking. Anyways, where the fuck was I? This is what happens when I don't have a guest. Anyways, oh yeah, um. Trips, vacations, that gives you a good indication if you're ready to move in with somebody or not. I always feel like I'm a big believer in doing like little step, you know, travel vacation things. Like, if you live in the Bay Area, I believe Monterey, Wine Country, Lake Tahoe, if you don't have class, I fucking hate that place. But those are good. Well, no, scratch Lake Tahoe. Like, if you're in the Bay Area, wine country, boom, Monterey. If you're in LA, Santa Barbara, boom, San Diego. Like, those are nice little, like, ba boom, ba boom trips. Like, two hours, hour change, you know, wherever you are, that, like, a, a nice, like, hour and a half, two hour place where you can, like, justify spending, you know, spending the night, but you could also make it back the same time. Go there for, like, two, two days, that'll give you some indication. Other test is when you do one of those trips where it's not necessarily a day trip, like LA to the Bay Area is six hours, you know, six hours. So like a six hour trip, stay there for like two, three days and just see how you do when you're just like stuck in a room with not a lot of space you know, and or normally when people travel, it's like one person will know some people out there and another person doesn't know anybody or they both kind of know people. See how you manage that. Like, well, I got to be here because they want to see you. Well, I got to be here because they want to see. How do you manage that? How do you bring people together? And in COVID, it's totally different. So, you know, don't like let's not let's not take this too literal. 
based on the times. But that you know, that's an important thing. And then vacate. How do you vacation together? This vacation, like how you vacation together, is very, very. First off, I think even like where you guys want to go says a lot. And like I like girls are like really w- willing to work with niggas when it comes to bringing us outside of our comfort zones. It's like mm, he just wants to go to Vegas and Miami, but you can't. You, you don't need bitches. You have me. Okay, I'm. Just fuck my pussy. It's the same. <laughs> like, what girl is this nigga? <laughs> I can't believe I said that. No, but girls are like often good about, especially us minority inner city men getting out of our comfort zones. But I think there's got to be still like a fundamental thing of like, if she's on some like, Cause I met some girls where they want to like I want to go to Bulgaria, and you know fucking Honduras, and I'm like, why you want to go to Bulgaria and Honduras? I don't like, nigga, pick, we can't do like Brazil and Italy. Like <laughs> I've had a few where it's like, oh come on, that 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 you you just doing a little too much right there, baby. You you just doing a little bit too much. I turn to old ass black man. I am old ass black man. What am I talking about? But there's got to be a certain kind of thing. Like, like with my girl, her stuff is, like, a little bit more on the exotic side. And I'm a little bit more of a resort coon myself. But we meet in the middle to where we, you know, we we, we can work on these things. I'm like, all right, let's go to Maui. We're going to stay in a dope place. But we're going to do hiking and all that bullshit. I'm going to put a rock up my foot hiking because you, you like adventures and stories. So, we, you know, I, I, I think vacations day trips and those those trips where you have to spend the night and you can't necessarily do a turnaround i mean i mean you technically can go from like la to the bay like you know but who the fuck wants to do that like i mean like without you know sleep but you do those trips that gives you a good indication of if you can be together or not so that's that's fucking important when we move in together how will i know it's gonna work if you're asking me this what i'm gonna tell you is the toilet will tell you if it works or not i really don't think i'm saying some like super deep stuff this is just something that I've I've learned over the years from being a guest and in a relationship. Your expectations over the toilet. And let me just preface this with I do not do any potty humor. I get if somebody farts or passes gas in front of me, and especially if I smell it, I get squeamish. I'm liable to throw up. I don't know if it's because I'm a little prissy and bougie. I don't know if it's because I'm an only child, but I cannot handle the smell of flatulence or the sound of a fart or walking in the bathroom where somebody just did number two. So let me just say that off top. So having said that, having a toilet just with in a home with like two people, there's going to be natural wear and tear of the cleanliness of the bowl. So obviously you want to, you know, it's on people, it's on people to decide how often they're going to scrub it. If they're going to have candles nearby, if they're going to have like a little air freshener, because that really takes work. And I know you're thinking like, oh, Lyle, like the, the, the toilet bowl, that's the analogy you wanted to use. Look, dishes can understandably stack up. OK, uh, clothes can understandably stay in the hamper. But like the toilet is like one of those things that only takes a few minutes to scrub something off. But it's like... a are, are you really willing to do that? Are you really willing to like go to the store, buy the stuff, and pour it? You know what I mean? And I think that's a good analogy. And then, and then with that is if you're willing to do that, but the other person is not, or you're kind of like, yeah, it's a toilet, whatever. It's, I don't know. I grew up in a house with a lot of people. Toilet stain. It is what it is. No, no, it's it, it's just rust. But baby, it's rust. It's just rust. It's just like, no, we need to clean it. Like, wherever you, if you guys don't stand the same on the toilet, that's going to bleed into other things. And I say all that because that lets you kind of know 
your standard. You really gotta you got you gotta like accept the standards. I think a lot of downfalls in relationships and even friendships is people not having the same expectations as you when it comes to standards. I remember uh me and Ariel, we went to like one of her one of her old friends' houses that uh she she known uh since like you know high school and they're living like you know in a nice spot in a you know up north and basically we go over there because we were like in the area doing some wine tasting and faster they're like hey just so you know it's like a little messy or whatever and oh my god it was you know i'm not even gonna crack a bunch of jokes because like i actually like them and there's something about that that feels like very pussy to me to like be like, oh, it looks like a frat house meets a trap house. I'm not gonna do any of that bullshit. All I'm gonna say is, you know, like when like uh you hear those stories of like some like athlete that you never heard of that got caught up in like drugs or alcohol, and then the bank foreclosed on their home and they stayed in the home a little longer than they should have, and then they show you like all the all the damages of the home. That's that's kind of what that shit because it was like a nice home, but it was like. Yeah, we um, we we don't give a fuck. We don't have people over, and you know, we just don't give a fuck. But you know why? Why bring that up? It's not to like embarrass some people that live in a nicer home than me. Because I realize I kind of can come off like I'm saying some hater shit. What I got from that was, wow, you guys are on the same page. Because me and Ariel were like, what well, is way too much dog here? Y'all got. How do you how do you have a spoon out here like in the backyard? Well, like what's the, what's the spoon doing in the backyard? Like, and we're like when they they were just fine with it because there are certain couples where I've got where they their house isn't the tidiest and and I'm it's not even messy it's just not as tidy probably as they would like it to be for having guests and it's normally I know the relationship ain't the best when one person and it's normally the woman is over apologize not even over apologizing because you can't really if you take pride in your home i wouldn't say you're over apologizing but the woman's like no i'm, I'm sorry oh well some i just wish you had no oh, no oh. and she's like saying all this stuff and you know like as and i know like as soon as i leave or we leave she's just gonna rip him a new asshole like this is why the fuck we keep a clean home and this is why da, 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 da. and she's just gonna go off on him okay i didn't get that with them I got like, yeah, it is what it is, and we living how we living, and we happy to have y'all here, and, you know, we we kind of gave y'all some advanced warning, you know, we understand if y'all probably would like to see some pictures first, so y'all knew what y'all was getting yourself into, but, you know, it's like, it's, I mean, y'all ain't eating over here, y'all ain't, it's saying the Airbnb, so y'all good, <laughs> it was, and when I saw, like, when I saw that, I'm like, okay, that is, that's a well-oiled relationship. Like their expectations and their standards are right where they need to be. That's how you really know if it's going to work or not. And, and you're like, oh, well, what about before the toilet? Okay, before we get to the toilet, before we get to the point where you move in and you're like, and you know, you're, you're, you're having a toilet standard issue, toilet cleanliness standard issues is how do you unwind after a day of work or after, you know, just a day being that, you know, we're in COVID times is, look, if you drink every day, no judgment, but if you drink every day, which is two to four drinks or a bottle of wine or a couple cocktails or three beers, whatever it is, if you do that every day, you, you smoke weed every day, which is, which is really fucking normal, all, all of those things I mentioned, and the person you're with gives you a side eye, they're like, oh, you're going to do that every day? I mean, is that is that the only way you can relax? Is that the only way you can hear about my day and be engaged? Then <laughs> I might as well say man and woman because it's clear, it's clear who's who, but what I'm saying is However a motherfucker winds down, you got to accept that shit. You got to be on board with that. Like me, for example, I'm not going to lie. I, I, it's, uh, 
Do I drink every day as I sip a glass of wine right now? I go through like little like five to ten day breaks every few months. I'm like, all right, we're going on a break. We're going on a break. And it won't even be a after a bender. It's just to like, you know, make shit interesting. You know, you got to keep the people guessing. And sometimes you got to keep yourself guessing. So I, I keep myself guessing sometimes. But back to the point, whatever you, you like, how have you decompress? And like, like for me, like I don't like hearing... I just hate reality TV. Like, if you want to watch trashy TV, fine. But I want to be scripted. Like, I want, like, a little bit of art in there. I'm a snob if if, if we haven't caught on to that uh, <laughs> this, far into, this far into the podcast episodes. But the point is, you got to accept how somebody winds down, even if it annoys you. And that all comes to acceptance of standards. And once you accept the standards... Once you have an understanding of standards, I think you kind of know if it's going to work or not. And that's that's when you move in. Okay, so I have Ariel here for the money portion of the show. It has nothing to do with the fact she's Jewish. Get that out of your fucking anti-Semitic head. But, Ariel, great to have you. Thanks for having me, Lyle. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. So, uh, let's get into the financials. So, without putting my business out in the streets too much. When do you, when do you know financially, okay, you can move in with a guy? So, I think it's a combination of what you're comfortable spending on a place, what he's comfortable spending on a place. And then you do the math and you add those up. And if that total amount is less money than the type of place you want to live in together, you're not ready yet. Does that make sense? What happens if the woman is ready, but the man isn't? Well, I, I mean, then you don't move in together. What what really happens in real life? The yeah, yeah, that's oh. what I mean. That's, that, that's, what, that's what we want on here. Is, uh, is real life. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think okay. In either situation, if one person feels pressured to move in and financially they're like, "This is my limit," but oh, I guess I can push it up a little bit more. I guess they can cut back these places. You're fucked already because yes, you do technically save some money living with your significant other. But realistically, like, the grocery bill is always going to get higher because, like, it's two people eating instead of one. There's all sorts of things that you didn't realize you needed that, like, oh, my roommate always had the couch. I got to get a fucking couch now. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's, like, baseline, your rent should not be the thing that either of you are stressed about because when you start stressing about your rent as a result of moving in, you start resenting each other. Yeah. And I feel like financials are one of the biggest sources of resentment and stress in relationships and that kind of start that doesn't start at moving in but it definitely starts to get real at moving in because there's there's ink on paper <laughs> i want to talk about these broke bitches for a second uh -huh. so <laughs> let's talk about these women where they try to use uh moving in to the next step as a thing but they just really broke and not like not like their, their man is a sugar daddy but they're like, all right, I'm going to be spending less if I move in with my guy. Where it's like they see the end of their lease and they're like, well, right now I'm spending 1600 but I could be spending 700 like that kind of thing. Yeah, because I, I know like a lot of uh, COVID hookups. Like I know like, like James was telling me, he was like, yeah, man, like I moved in. I'm not saying his last name. It, it doesn't matter. James was telling me, he's like, you know, I moved in with my girl, you know, and I moved in with my girl because, you know, Dude, got to save that bread, man. Got to save that paper. We're moving in in East Oakland, okay? That's oh, what we're God. doing. <laughs> so <laughs> I love talking shit about the homies to my girl. That's like You got to love doing that. But so that was like, that's like a, a prime example in my mind of like a COVID thing or, yeah. or like where COVID pushed couples in together. Yeah, and I think it happens a lot even pre-COVID in places like San Francisco and New York where it's just like so expensive to live anyways that like, Every time you have to change a living situation, 
you're like, am I a month away from being homeless? Like, you know, mm -hmm. is there that one day between the 31st and the first where I just don't have a place to stay until I move into my new place? So, I mean, I feel like that, that definitely comes up and, you know, it's a lot easier to just like, be like, eh, it'll probably work out. I'll just convince them. And I think that's a bad move in the long run. Cause yeah, you're convincing them in the short term. And then what about when you have to break your lease and pick up someone else's tab <laughs> six months in, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, that, that's something I think about a lot because I, especially like in the Bay area, like there's that dynamic. And then there's that, like, uh, how do I put it? The, the, you know, you know, little basic Oakland niggas that like to find like themselves like a nice little bitch uh, <laughs> to move in with yeah. and use their car. And if they white, maybe they dad's credit card. But, you know, they find like a little, you know, fat baby mama on Section 8, move in with them. And, you know, <laughs> that's like, let me ask you, as like a single, when you was like a single lady, is that something you was aware about, like that that was out there in the streets? I think, like, I did not encounter that personally, um, but it's no secret. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think I was pretty much only dating people who made enough. Yeah, you were dating, you were dating, okay, Ariel was functional dating. Functional people. Well, no, I was like, I mean, because like the women, I was like, you know, pursuing were functioning members of society but i always knew what else was available and what was around but you just like okay i see it you, you basically like oakland hills fence that shit off because <laughs> no negro you can't come to the golf course yeah if you live on the other side of 580 it's over <laughs> oh wow, wow. <laughs> that's local all right so <laughs> sorry it's fine it's fine it's fine so financially yeah what do you do if you're a guy and you're like, you know, you have the money to move in with the girl, but you're like, I don't want to do that shit. But then at the same time, you know that your relationship will be either like slowly ending or significantly damaged if you don't move in. But she knows and you know you have the means to do it financially. Yeah. Can you lie around that finance, like like on some cheating on your taxes shit? Well, I mean, you can lie. I think, like, really, like, that comes to the bigger picture of, like, with relationships. There's, like, the train, and it just keeps moving. You know what I mean? It never goes backwards. So it's, like, once you move in with someone, it's very unlikely that you'll move out and still be together and then move back in. You know what I mean? That like, is shit. <laughs> tell me about it. Um, but, yeah, so, like. I mean, not with us, but, you know, like, like, ideal, like, you know, that's, like. Yeah, if you could, I mean, realistically, if you could, like, test the waters on moving in, that would be ideal, because then you don't really know. I think, like, every guy, though, that finds, like, a woman that he likes, secretly just, like, wants to make her, like, the homie and just be, like, just go on, like, dates with other women and tell her about it, and then, you know, a, a girl cancels on him, and I'd be like, all right, baby, we can go out tonight. Yeah, this bitch tripping. I don't know what she's on, so what you trying to do today? <laughs> I think, like... I wish you guys could see my face. Look, see, women, y'all got to stop doing that thing where, like, if I'm telling you about some shit most guys feel, you got to stop looking at me like, this is your dream, too? This is, no, you said guys, so you, too. And then if I say some shit about women where I don't mean you, like, like you're like, oh, yeah, fuck them bitches. Like, you got to, you got to know I'm not basic, too. Yeah. Basic. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, you, 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 uncomfort wasted valuable pod time right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. To go back to your question though, yeah. Um, so you were asking like, if can a guy basically lie and be like, yeah, no, I have like savings goals I have to hit, and you know, I need to make sure I'm not broke when I'm 65 and all that, you know, all that fun stuff. I mean, yeah, that's like I think the a gentler way to stave off the pressure but I, I think some women can be pretty persistent when it comes to that kind of thing They're like okay well let me see your uh let me see your 401k returns let me see uh let me see what your statement's like looks like you're on track to be a uh, uh comfortably retired at age 62 she tries to do like <laughs> like some in investigative journalism shit <laughs> exactly like so it's like yeah of course you can try that I think it's better to be honest and be like I I like you I love you I'm not ready to move in yet and you can even sweeten the pot by being like, look, 
I see us being a long-term thing. And if that's the case, I don't see how we have to rush it. I mean, that's how it should be because, you know, my thing is like, because I've ran, because I know a lot of guys in that situation where they've been like, they just didn't want to fucking move in. They're just like, I like my comfort and my freedom. And these are guys like, if a woman wants to move in with you, more often than times than not, you have some shit going for you. Like, you are a fucking catch. It, like, as long as, you know, like, you know, she not pregnant or she's also not a loser, too. Like, <laughs> like if it's outside of those things, if she's not pregnant and not, and often if, like, girls are, like, pregnant and not married, they are losers. <laughs> I'm fucking around. Oh, come on. I'm joking. <laughs> you know I didn't mean that. All right. So I'm talking to the listener. But so... What would it take? Because I, I think, like, what would it take for me to be on the guy's side? I mean, on the woman's side about a guy not wanting to move in when he is financially capable of doing so. And it would probably just be like they've been together for like 10 years. That's like the only thing. Or like it just logistically, it's like they're all the way on the other side of town. And it's just making both their lives really fucking difficult after a long period of time. But pretty much all the time, if a guy doesn't want to move in, I'm on the guy's side. I do agree with you. I, cause I think that a lot of times women want like, just for like the sake of like how regular dynamics go, they want the guy to be like, I'd love to move in with you. They want the guy to be the one pushing for it and not feel like they're pushing for it all the time, but they end up pushing for it. The women ends up pushing for it anyways. Like, I mean, how many people do you know who like they get engaged, they get proposed to. And it's like, oh yeah, I saw this ring on Instagram and sent to my boyfriend six months ago. You know what I mean? Like, like, that's just like a very common occurrence. So I think like, honestly, I think women need to be smarter about like understanding where a guy's at and guys need to be more direct. But I think that a lot of times women will like superimpose what they wish a guy was thinking on a guy when he's not really thinking that. Like, oh, he just needs more time. He needs more time. He needs more time. And it's like, if he's not giving you a clear outline of the time he needs and when he wants to do it and like showing enthusiasm, he doesn't want to do it. It's just pretty obvious. That's your answer. You know, I got to say that's like, we don't talk about women, women being like gross enough. Like we talk about like men being like disgusting. Like, oh, he just, he, I was waiting on the train and these guys were just looking at me like I was meat. Like we talk about that a lot and fine. That's mm-hmm. wrong. Whatever. You should make people uncomfortable. But we also got to talk about like these women that are like just disgusting and like desperate because we talk about like guys like wiling out in dms and shit like that but it's like that is like some nasty like filthy just ugh shit to be like oh i'm gonna send you this really expensive thing i want you to buy for me so i can fucking wear it and then i'm yours and you know you can buy me this really expensive thing and you don't get no more hoes anymore and you broke for a minute saving up for it yeah i want you to do that for me like who the fuck is you nigga like like every married woman ever, but I don't think that's yeah, that's, that's I don't think that's the bad part. I think the bad part is more so like when you're when you're you're like projecting what you want on someone else and not listening to them as a person. Because I think a lot of g- girls end up getting some guy who checks so, like so many of the boxes, like oh he's funny, he's charming, he's handsome, he's good looking, whatever. My friends like him, but the dude's not ready to like move in, and she's just like, "Well, this is the one, so like it's gonna happen. Like, it better happen." You know, I think that's actually like worse behavior when it comes to like engagement and stuff. Ideally, that's something that you guys are having a conversation about, anyways. And then the ring thing is more about like, okay, well, she's got to wear it every day, and guys are not known for being good at picking out jewelry. No, I mean that's <laughs> true, but still, just it's like where we're at in today's society, it's like. Look, if, if we're leaving a bunch of other shit in the past, let's leave that ring shit in the past, too. Well, I'm saying if they're on the same page about engagement, period, like, as a prerequisite, then I think the ring thing is okay. If you're not even having that conversation and you're sending... Oh, yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. Not, like, if you're having... If you're having a conversation, send them that shit. That's what I'm saying, yeah. But I just think that, like... I think the, the like, kind of, I guess you're going to say a grosser, uglier thing that girls often do, and guys feel like This they're... is what we want. <laughs> guys sometimes will feel like they're the bad guy because this is actually like pretty manipulative um is basically like forcing a guy to be like i'm not ready yet and then holding his feet to the fire and being like well when do you think you'll be ready what's it gonna be and basically in order to get out of that conversation he either has to continue being vague which is basically him saying like i don't know because i'm just not ready and like that's like a very honest thing to say 
And it's like, if you're not ready, how do you know when you're going to be ready? Like it's, but then women will kind of like force guys to give an answer. Oh, maybe like next year. And they put, put a time that's like really far off. So girls like, okay. I do that year. all the fucking time. Like, like when is this going to happen? I'm like, I, I'm very comfortable lying. And it's not just me. Like men, we're very comfortable just saying shit because we don't want to hear shit. Right. And then like women feel misled, but it's like you misled yourself. Like, well, you, you didn't put listen. pressure. You, you didn't put, listen. Like, it's like, you know what it is? It's like, okay, if we're going to talk about all these women that felt pressure into, into Ariel moved my mic when I didn't want it moved. All right, there we go. Sorry about that, audience. So we talk all this talk about women, uh, about like men that have, pre- about like a, a lot of guys have gotten that, okay, fine, here, pussy, which isn't rape, but it also isn't, it's, it, there's also some gray area to it. Right? It's not enthusiastic. It's not enthusiastic, even if it's technically legal, right? So we talk about that, but we also don't talk about, you know, and I'm not comparing it the same, but we don't talk about like the shit that women do that just really make men uncomfortable and lead them, as you said earlier about the financial uh, situation with moving in, that just have men resenting the, their women or women in general, you know, but we don't talk about that enough. And it's good we're doing that. Hey, I'm an open I just hear it a lot, especially with like, I hear from friends of mine, like in dating situations, even in things that are smaller than moving in with each other, Mm -hmm. like, let's just say calling in like a label or something like they, they just kind of keep putting off having the actual conversation saying where they are actually like honest about what they want. And instead just like keep putting it in the guy's court. Oh, maybe if I keep being in the fun one to hang out with, they'll just say it one day. And it's like, well, you're not really being clear either. So why would you feel like misled and betrayed if a guy doesn't meet your expectations? Now, when does stop being fun after two months? Even me? I mean, yeah. Okay. No, I mean, like, in general fun sense, but there's, like, that, you know, that, like, new toy fun. No, you are, like, more fun like the average than more fun than the average woman. And I would, I would fucking know. <laughs> but you know, you know, you know, like there's that, like we all know, like the 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 little eggshell things we need to make sure not to step up. I, 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 we don't want to fucking talk about this. Look, <laughs> what is the? I mean, okay, we got the financials out the way. I think. What is the timeline of what is too soon? Because, like, I mean, like if you ask, like, what's too soon, like, or like when's the, like the right time, like, you know. A lesbian might say five minutes. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Stepped on my joke, damn it. All right. Anyway, I was going to say a lesbian would say five minutes. A man would say 10 years. You're like, yesterday. I went out on the punchline. Little bunny right here. Little puppy. All right. So what is, though, like the realistic timeline? I don't think that you can really say for sure. Honestly, like, I mean, like, because it's like, what's the what's the outcome that you're really measuring? Like. Are you going to be happy together? Is it like, what do people not judge you for? Like, I think those are different questions. Cause like, yeah, if someone moved in after like two months, you're might judge the fuck out of them, but they might actually really get along super it could well. Work, but it, I mean... it could work in a different way than you would expect. Like there's like, okay, my parents got engaged after six months. Okay. And then, oh, they, wow. Yeah. And then they got married and like, they've been married like 30 something years. So like it can work, you know? And then like, at the same time, there are people who dated for 10 years, get married, and then get divorced after two years. So it's like, you know. When you said that, I was, like, trying to find something wrong with your parents' marriage in my head, and I couldn't. <laughs> like, <laughs> maybe with their parenting, but not with their marriage. <laughs> Did you hear the whir of a helicopter? Is that <laughs> <laughs> right. Ariel had helicopter parents. Yeah. So she, Ariel's only watched, like, 24 movies in her life. Yeah, they would put band-aids on me before I even fell down. That's funny. (laughs) Anyways, to go back to your timeline question, I think there's generally accepted timelines, and the timeline gets shorter the older you get for obvious reasons. Like, if you're 22, you're moving in with a guy, and you really think it's, like, for real, you might not be – like, even three years might be too short. My thing is, in a perfect world, I feel like you date for, like, a year and a half. You have like a year and a half of just like living, as I said earlier at the top, 
like knowing how you guys are at your worst and then moving in and then you guys do like the little trips. Like I feel like it's got to be like a gradual process to just move in with a motherfucker. Yeah. I honestly like a year and a half for me feels too soon. Like if it was me. Um but Oh yeah, but like ideally like a year, like a year and a half I'm not going to look at you crazy. Right. Like yeah. you know somebody like enough time to be like equal like I don't know uh two babies being born <laughs> <laughs> like a few trimesters like that's yeah. right cool. yeah. some life came in that time in and like developed. the sixth trimester <laughs> yeah some life developed in a human and yeah. came out and then some more life developed like yeah that's, that's good i enough. agree well i always i definitely think like being but with, two years and some change is better being with someone for like a full year and then like basically maybe like a little bit more than a year is like when you get to like your second round of like holidays or like oh we went to this like you know festival last summer now we're back at it again this summer I feel like that's kind of like a milestone in a relationship that's like not only was it like everything brand new but it's like oh we're doing this again and it's like when you're doing something again you're still having fun that's like a good sign I think that like you can move in because that first year that you're dating it's like everything's brand new and shiny like you mentioned it's like Oh, this is our first time like giving each other Christmas presents. Our first time celebrating his birthday. First yeah. time celebrating her birthday. And then it's like, oh, okay, well, we've done it again. Oh, remember that other year when we did this other thing different? Like those are what relationships are really like built on is like those memories and not just like we did this once. All right, financials. All right, so I want to unpack moving in when there is the interracial component to it. Is there anything, Ariel, having to move in? Because Ariel has pretty much just known white people her life. She's never been close to an African-American black Negro. <laughs> so was there anything that, like, you had to, like, learn when moving in with a black person? Uh... They, they, let, let me, then let me also say, where you felt had you had black friends, you would have been better prepared. I can't think of anything in particular that maybe oh i'm sorry i can't think of anything oh because i'm so human okay (laughs) (laughs) i don't see his culture at all okay (laughs) well i do think that it's like important that both people have input on like the surroundings that makes sense very like i think you one of your big contributions is the music in the household Oh, yeah. And, like, setting the vibe for, like, dinner time versus, like, workout time versus, you know, just, like, like hanging out time. Yeah. I mean, because it's, like, if if I let Ariel be in charge of the music, it'd just be, like, Rihanna and suicidal acoustic guitar. Yeah. <laughs> like, just, yeah that. <laughs> one t- like, one time it was, like, raining when we were in wine country, and, she like, I gave her the ox for, like, ten minutes, and I wanted to, like, jump out the car. Yeah, like, I love sad girl music. Yeah, I don't want to hear that bullshit. Like, <laughs> we're in wine country. I want to hear, like, some jazz or, like, some Rick Ross saying some fly shit. So, no, yeah, so music and, and like, the food we eat, because I'm, I'm a, a really good cook, and Ariel, she she shines in her areas, and Ariel's a great sous chef. So, that, there's, like, that good, healthy, that, I make sure we have, like, all, we have, like, condiments, and Ariel organized it. We have Caribbean, we have uh, Asian, Latin, and then just miscellaneous American, like, we got barbecue sauce, and then just, you, you know, some... I think that actually is something that, to answer your question, that I wish I would have known is, like, the amount, like, a a spice rack in the conventional sense is not going to cut it because you tend to use spices, like, Caribbean spices, where they come in, like, bigger, like, things than, like, your average grocery store thing. Like, if you go to a Jamaican store, you're not getting, like, this puny little spice thing. You're getting, like, a bigger thing because, like, they actually flavor their food. Mm -hmm. And then, like, same thing goes with all the condiments, like, these condiments were taking over our fucking life. Like they were all over the counter. And I, I had to order like this storage rack and like all these storage bins, like Lyle mentioned. And then um, I like, you know, made myself happy with OCD organizing it by region. But, <laughs> but yeah, I think like if I had like known up front or been aware up front of like what it takes to like produce the type of food that you want to eat, then I would have been like, it took me months to get that thing. And those condiments, like, they were ruining our lives for a while. 
Yeah. Well, <laughs> not as I mean, I was like, all right, I have a good meal. And you're like, oh my God, it's, it's so much seasoning all over the place. Yeah. But, I didn't have a problem with the seasoning in the food, just to be clear. It's more so yeah. like the disarray. <laughs> but, but I mean, the thing is, okay, let me ask you this. Because yeah. like, I, I want to talk about like, because food is really what drives us. And that's why a nigga like Anthony Bourdain could be so impactful. Because I don't want to like get into hack territory and be like, oh, raisins and potato salad. Like, I don't want to do that shit. But at the same time, it's like food really is, you know, and how we connect. So I got like, just, just as a society. So I got to ask you, now that you've had more of my cooking, my mom's cooking and going to more, uh, uh, you know, n- not white people restaurants. Mm-hmm. Can you go back to eating like bland, regular white people food? There is still like, like for me, Mediterranean food still holds like a very important part of my heart. Like ultimately at the end of the day, I really just want to eat like an Israeli. <laughs> like, I'm not saying. And what is that? So it's a lot of like fresh vegetable salads and then like, um, like kebabs, like lamb kebabs. I love, um, sabi sandwich, which is like fried eggplant with egg in it and hummus. Like I just, even though like, I love your cooking and like you've, you've opened my eyes to a whole other variety of food. I still think, but like Mediterranean is like my number one. That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. So I think like bland white people food, okay, to get to that territory. Yeah, when I go to my parents' place now. That's what I'm asking. I'm saying yeah. like the bland stuff your parents cook. Like can you, and like the, the sort of like restaurants y'all order from. Like there's that one place where like they got like a whole, they're like, we're having chicken tonight. And they got this rotisserie chicken. It was like grilled and seasoned, but it, it left, um, it, it didn't make the, the the dinner cut for me. It was like it was right. fine, but it's like, man, y'all need some like sauces. Y'all need to drizzle something on this motherfucker. Y'all right. Some peppers. So I was like, what I'm asking is, can you can you eat that type of stuff that like you grew up on? Um, I mean, I can. I don't like it as much. I like that my mom is like she does try new things in the kitchen. She's not like as typically bland as some of these white folks' parents out there with like you know like casseroles and stuff. Like that's oh, not yeah. really her thing. Um, like she does, like she is into like spices more so than your average white woman. But um, yeah, if I were to only be eating food like that, I would be very sad. So I got to ask this. Where are you in terms of, okay, so I'll say me for me is like, and I was prepared for this. Because I obviously know more white people and Jews than you than you did black people. But like I was and I was also kind of aware for this and it kind of did prepare me. But being like around Ariel's like circle, it's, it's made me hate white people more. Not that I didn't. By the way, let me do you think I hate white people? Yes. But what makes you say that? You talk about it all the time. No, but seriously. I don't say like, oh, I hate white people all the time. You say it enough. All right, whatever. But like, so Ariel's like friends and and her dad to a smaller extent is. is Do I put this on a podcast? No. Okay. Do I have to delete this? No. All right, cool. I I don't want to have to edit this. It's gonna like no. That that seems like a pain. Yeah. All right. So anyway, so like Ariel's like people, generally speaking, you know, a, a mix of college friends and then work friends have made me just like I don't fucking like these people. But then the people I do like of hers are like all uh, black or or Asian or um, she don't know no Latinos. But like it's made me go because you know what it is, is I'm trying to articulate articulate this the right way. What is is, okay? you white, you have people around you that are white that you've known all your lives. And like, I get it. You can't know if they're problematic or they're shitty or not. Because it's not it's not gonna be like, hey, so uh what do you feel in turn how do you feel about black masculinity? How do you feel about black men just being themselves? That's not a conversation you're gonna have, right? It's not until somebody of that ilk actually comes in that space and you actually get to see it. But I will say, like, it's kind of like being around more of that has made me like a lot more um bitter and uh dismissive and kind of instantly angry. 
Yeah, I don't really know what this has to do with moving in with each other. No, no, this ha- what this has to do with it is when there's that interracial component and you bring in like somebody's from a different space in life and another p- person is and like the way those things can can uh collide. Mm-hmm. That that's what this has to do with it. You okay. get it now? I get it now. Okay, cool. And I didn't mean that in a condescending way. So so that's the thing I I've uh I've learned about myself from like having a, like a white girlfriend. Well, I think like also like usually the girl is more into decor like getting the shit together for the apartment, like decor and stuff. Mm-hmm. And like you gotta kind of speak up about what you want because otherwise it's gonna be a white girl apartment. Yeah, that's important. Well, you know what's funny though for me is like because I've I've learned from like a, all right. I, let's talk about Will. He called me crazy on his podcast on his first episode. So fuck it, we gonna talk about my cousin. So Will, for example, like he lives in like like his wife. Made, we're not gonna say her name, but his wife has made like a good home. But, like, Will fucking hates all the pets in there. And, like, I don't think he says it to her, but it's like, because you walk around, you step, you, you end up stepping on a cat, and it's dogs all over the place. And black people, we just don't fuck with animals like that. So, like, he's going crazy. So, for me, like, it's like, okay, if I got to look at, like, uh, maybe some portraits I don't want to look at, like, that's one thing. But it's like, as long as, because my thing is, all right, put let me put my foot down when it counts. So, it's like, you want to hang up this this portrait or, or this uh have a sort of feng shui I don't fuck with? Fine. Word for me it ends is like, oh, hell no. We can't have no pets in this motherfucker. Yeah. I hate pets. Yeah. Well, I think because I'm thinking about the art in particular. And like, I mean, I just had stuff from my old apartment from before we moved in together that was like so like stuff I picked up when I was in Thailand and like framed and then like pictures of me and my friends. And then just like random like pseudo ethnic wall hangings to give it some you know light character. Very white pseudo ethnic wall <laughs> pseudo ethnic yeah. wall hangings We're is talking... very <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's very appropriatory. Um, I got it from Cost Plus World Market, so that should give you all you need to know about it. But basically, like Lyle like got this. Um, you want to tell him about your piece of art that you? Oh yeah, I just got like a oh, shout out, shout out Greg Edwards. I got a, a piece from uh, his Red Line collection of Nipsey Hussle, and it's his face over LA and over like the I, I can't describe it, but it's <laughs> you know it's that. Go go go! Uh, cite Greg Edwards on Instagram and look at uh, his Red Line project series, and and then you'll know. But yeah, that's what I got. I'm not like oh, I need like a bunch of art, but I'm saying is like. Yeah, I think it's important to feel like you're at home here. That you're not just looking because even if I were to get art that I'm like, oh, it's kind of African. I wonder if he'll like that. It's still like not from you. You know what I mean? I feel like you should look at things that like inspire you. For me, I would prefer like African. I would like like some Harlem Renaissance type stuff. Right. Like like some jazz or some like you know like New York shit because like that is like a, where like a lot of uh, black art right. would originate from. I mean, it's like I don't want like a portrait of like you know somebody like picking cotton. <laughs> I might, I might just to make a point. And it's like you talk some shit, and then I just point and like, so that's who I am to you. Wow, clean the dishes, and I just point at the portrait. I actually might want some slave artwork in this place now, wow. just to just to bring up the. You guilt want factor. some like minstrel show posters around? No, here. I don't want that. I don't want that. This is why you can't let the art in the white people's hands. You see what just happened? Yeah. I'm talking about like slavery and history, and you're like minstrel shows. That's history. Yeah. <laughs> your little Jewish manager side kicked in. It's like, well, get your bucked on the Chitlin circuit, okay? Oh, my God. Al Justin, you'll be the next him. Well, on that note of being Jewish, I think there's, like, another component to it, which is, like, not only are we interracial, but we're, like, technically interfaith couple. So, like, I've got holidays that you don't have, and you've got holidays right. that I don't have. And so, like, when moving in together, like, I want to make sure that we both feel like we our home is the place that it should be during those special holidays. So, for example, like, I might make, like, have Passover and, like, have, you know, my Passover matzah here and, like, have kind of, like, my traditional stuff here. And then, like, I still put up Christmas lights so that you feel like it's Christmas. Which we both fully support each other on that front. We do. And, like, well, we did Hanukkah. We did it every night. And Lyle even reminded me to do it one night when I was too tired. Yeah. That was so sweet. 
Um, but yeah, I think like for me, like, like for me specifically, like having like a Jewish home is like something that's very important to me. And so you can't just have only a Jewish home, but bringing in those elements when they matter is important. Yeah, I mean, you don't want it to be like like a fucking weirdo Berkeley United Nations home. <laughs> where it's like, we celebrate everything. Everything is okay. Yeah. <laughs> but like, for example, today, what are we, today is New Year's Day. Right. And? Oh, and we're uh, we're uh, doing black eyed peas, uh, cabbage, collard greens, you know, to bring in the uh, good luck for the new year and all that stuff. The money, the health, the wealth. And instead of fried chicken, I'm making I'm making some duck. But oh, it's gonna be good. That is Ariel is very culturally sensitive to which, like, I give her a lot of credit for that. I almost feel like like if you were in a relationship with a white girl who grew up like Christian or or just secular, like in a secular Christian household. It might even be harder because you would have different traditions for the same day. But we just have like, like I'll have no traditions for New Year's Day, whereas you do. Well, I mean, yeah, that's you know? why like I can talk about like my disdain for white people in front of you because you're Jewish. It's like, <laughs> ah, you, you know, I mean, you guys contribute to it, but like you're also not it. White people yeah. also against you, but sometimes you guys join in. Like I can have that conversation. You yeah, know? We've, we've still been victims of like mass violence and all that stuff. Yeah, like, I mean, like, I'll put it like this, like, because I'm somebody, I'm very um, East Coasty in terms of my, my like, because I don't, like, hate anybody, but I do, I'm like, these niggas, these fuck, you know, you, you, San Jose Mexicans are some bitch-ass niggas. Like, I say things like this, right? <laughs> and, and it obviously doesn't mean, you know, I'm because I'm, I'm, I'm obviously not a hateful guy, you know, if, if I would work with a director of any race, if I thought they're a wonderful film director, but... It's very generous. Hey, you know, it's my career. <laughs> <laughs> and I got to respect them. Yeah. But the point is, like, yes, the fact you are Jewish does help allow it. So it's like you're a little, so you're still kind of removed from, like, you know, traditional American tradition. Whereas black people yeah. and white people are so, so locked into that that, like, we can clash even more because it's like, we do this this day, we do that this day. And I think even, like, the fact that I'm Jewish and the fact that you're black, like, it give, we both have an appreciation for the fact that like traditions are something that are really important to both of us. Like yeah. both of our people have been tried to be wiped out in different ways. And so we both know that like these traditions aren't just like some shit you do. They're like shit that's like really important, you know, in the long run. I'm trying to think there's anything else we need to cover about interracial households. Temperature. Oh, yeah, let's get into that. Let's get into temperature. Let's get into temperature. So, as as you uh, probably know from one of our recent episodes, I really fucking hate Lake Tahoe. So, we're, we're out there, right? And it's already fucking cold outside. Like, I'll go out on the balcony, have a drink, and they're like, nope, fuck that. Go back inside. And, oh, my gosh, she kept it. Like, she's like, we don't need a heater here. We don't need... It's the door is closed and the window's closed. It's the cold's gone. There's no more cold, Lyle. Why are you doing this? And I'm like, no, because I I mean keep in mind it's snowing and it was probably like 20 degrees or so out there. 45. Whatever. 45 air quote. Like I'm a I'm a big nigga too. So like it's if I feel like it's 20, it's really 20. So I wanted to live at like a nice 75 to 78 degrees with uh, occasional splashes hitting 80. And Ariel, like she just wanted to live in a, in like a, what is it, 62 degrees? No, like 69. 69 is perfect. Um, nice. Yeah, it is. No, no, but it, it really is perfect. 70 is a little too steamy for me. Yeah, so like I couldn't sleep. I was just, it was like the worst pain ever. Well, we didn't talk about that on the uh, travel pod, but yeah, that, that contributed to my uh, hatred for Lake Tahoe. Yeah, and like I, so your pain in the cold, like my pain when it's hot, I like get instantly angry and irritable. Like I just like can't, I can't survive. Is, is that a woman thing? A small Ariel's five too. So you guys, for reference, is that a small woman thing? I think it's a Jewish thing. It's a Jewish thing because <laughs> my mom is also just super sensitive to the heat and like. So like we were up at um, Camp Avita for Father's Day over in June, and it was like a hundred something degrees outside. By the way, Camp Avita is in Hopland, which is north of Sonoma. Right, and it gets really hot out there. 
it was like 100 degrees outside. And my mom and I, both our faces were just red. And we were like on couches, just like leaning backwards, soaking, trying to cool down. Like we couldn't even function like as people. Like meanwhile, Lyle and Lyle's mom and my dad are just chit-chatting, like, you know, doing whatever you're going to do. Um, and me and my mom are just like, I'm dying. I can't do it. <laughs> No, I was like like dying of heat with wine, and I was like, "All right, I guess I have to drink the. Ra- I guess it's gonna be rosé and champagne time now." <laughs> I'm sick. sure you felt the heat, but like, I don't think you were like as inconvenienced. No, as no, my I mom wasn't. and I. I wasn't. I wasn't. Yeah. Yeah, temperature is important. I want to get into friends, though. I mean, even though like I do want to do this for like I keep saying this, but we are gonna do this for like a bigger episode where and you're gonna be the we're really gonna unpack you, but. Don't give me that look, okay? You're, you're, you're a guest on my in my home. So, <laughs> <laughs> so do you? Because because there's the thing that guys like naturally feel, especially kind of more, especially just like guys from the hood that know how to act right, and we just so happen to know like some kind of like dirtbag niggas, or even like guys that ain't from the hood, where it's like you know guys that are like a little bit more. They're your dirtbag friend, or they they're your kind of grimy friend. And, you know, you you, you kind of want to put a buffer up between them and your more civilized world, if you will. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, this is like, this is retarded homie. This is uh, the scumbag homie. And you keep them where they are for like whatever you want to do with them or things you need or just, you know, out of loyalty or whatever your reason for that is. But you, you put a buffer between that. And then if you know, like, all right, they don't know how to act around these people. So what did that come into play for you? having pretty much all white friends and then having a black uh, boyfriend or even with your last relationship where you had a Latino man? Um, I would say the biggest buffer I put up was more with my family and them. Okay. And in hindsight, probably I should have been more, more uh, cautious around like friends buffers. Um, but like, cause I, I know my family is a little nuts and my sister can be great or she can be like, a fucking nightmare. So, um, having experienced two boyfriends who weren't huge fans of her, like, I just know, like, okay, I am going to see her. Like, she's, I'm not like freezing around or anything like that, but there is like a limit to what I will force my boyfriend to put up with around her. Around your sister? Yeah. But what about bigger than that, though? Just like in general, people? Yeah, yeah. I want to take it like out, like out, even outside of the family. Cause like with family though, there is this sort of thing. I'm like, hey, but they're my family. I'm oh, yeah. Sorry. Well, I would say there's some, some of my friends I just know like have literally nothing in common with you that I'm not going to be like, hey, like let's all go to brunch. And like, let's keep in mind, like during COVID, you're in a pod. So it's like you, you either have like three friends or none. So I think that is a bit of a different situation. None. And like, so for some of my friends that like I worked with, for example, I just know like they have nothing in common with you. Like a girl I used to work with, Valerie, like she, I I think she's very sweet. You literally have nothing to talk about with her. So I'm not going to force you to sit around and listen to what she has to say or vice versa because I'm just like no one's going to be having a good time at this kind of meeting. Yeah, this kind of shindig. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that goes back to why I like to drink uh, in social situations. I, I like to show up even a little buzzed if I know I'm going to be around some stiff shit. The funny thing is I feel like if I had more dirtbag friends, like, who were girls, you would actually like them more because they tend to be more fun. You know what I mean? Whereas the more, like, like technically, like, good credit score type people, you might not want to be around as much. What is, like, a dirtbag girl, though? Like a hoe. <laughs> like, hoes are fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but see, I don't even consider like a girl being like a hoe, like necessarily dirtbag. It's about how she goes about how she being goes a hoe. About it. Yeah, because I mean like a girl that's like um like a girl that's like a hoe, for example. There's also like, I mean, without getting too into it, it's like there's like the level of hoe where it's like, okay, you uh you just you fuck casually guys that are good looking, how they shit together, or you just kind of fuck any guy. So that's another thing. Like, there's you're a hoe for your your league, yeah, and then you're just a hoe. Those are two different things. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of layers of complexity. I feel like that could, that could be a whole episode. Yeah, you know what? Like, let's talk about hoes. Like, well, let's record that one this weekend. 
<laughs> Why not? It's 2021. People are going to be able to be hoes again. Yeah. Oh, my God. Where are the hoes at? It's great to unpack. <laughs> so, no, but yeah, like, girls that are, like, just kind of more loose and you can, like, say some, like, raunchy shit in front of, like, they're, they're way more fun. Yeah. All right. Did that cover everything in a racial unpacking moving in? I think so. All right. I feel like we're leaving something on the table. You know, we'll just do a whole episode for like interracial uh, relationships. Hoes and interracial. Those will be the, the upcoming episodes. All right, Ariel, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Thank you for tuning in to the Let's Unpack That podcast. I truly appreciate you guys for listening. Also, a few people have asked me about the Christmas episode I did with Rudy Ortiz. So what happened was we were trying to record it on this one platform we normally record on. And no, it's not Anchor. We uh, re we recorded it over Zoom. So because his mic wasn't working on what I normally record on with most of the guests, but it did for me. So that's why it turned out like that. Uh, apologize. Next time I'm going to make sure that doesn't happen again. Enjoy your new year and I'll see you guys on Monday. Be well. <laughs>